The Hillbilly Wreckers podcast is brought to you by Lamplighter Inn Tavern and Grill in Palatine. With happy hour Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m., karaoke every Thursday plus a Thursday pizza special, you'll find Lamplighter has something for everyone. The Hillbilly Wreckers podcast is also sponsored by POW Entertainment's favorite attorney, the law office of Christopher Hoff. For your family law issues such as divorce, child custody and visitation, support and adoption, contact Chris at 815-355-8194 or through his website, hofflegal.com. A special thank you to Fonzie and the Dago Tees for use of their song, King of the Hill, as the Hillbilly Records theme song. Welcome, wrestling fans, to Hillbilly Wreckers. Nick H., wow, did we have one hell of a show last Saturday. Oh, my goodness. Packed house. Uh, I, the crowd was into it left and right from opening bell all the way to the end. And an, an emotional end. It's a mon- very mon- emotional like, end. If you were not there, you missed probably one of the most emotional. Look at me. I'm Yeah. <laughs> Uh, events in, in PAL history. Uh, yeah, especially for that building. Yes. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fox Lake does definitely have their share of uh, memories and moments, but last night, T-Wood, it put it up there. Oh, yeah. Right the, up there on the list. From the, the <laughs> first bell to the last bell, the crowd was into every match. Yes. Roller coaster of a, of a card, right. and it was... How like, can you <laughs> say uh, it started off uh, great... But at the end, everything exploded. And it started with the Midwest title, Kazile and Mason Perks going at it tooth and nail like they were going before. Then all of a sudden, all out of control. Locker yeah. room started emptying. And I was one of those yeah. involved in the breakaway, <laughs> you know? too. So. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Blaze said this was enough, takes the title, and tells everyone in the ring in a future show if you want the title, it's going to be an over the uh, August nineteenth and uh, Winthrop Winth- Harbor. Winthrop Harbor, and I was in that ring, so I'm <laughs> I'm in that battle royal for that title. So <laughs> yes, and uh, obviously uh, Mason Perks and Kazile were highly upset about. Oh, it. absolutely! Why would highly upset? I would I would be too. I mean, you know, your your, your belt's pretty much taken away from you, right? <laughs> absolutely. And now you gotta you gotta fight. What, what what was there? Nearly eight more people, eight, eight nine more eight, people ten, in, in the ring. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, that's going to be definitely interesting for uh, Winter Parber. And what a way to make a debut of crowning a new Midwest champion at Winter Parber oh, in our debut show. A hundred percent, absolutely, hundred percent. The emotional part. Yes, we have a new POW heavyweight champion, Moondog Murray. Yes, and here here's the thing. Scott Spade said earlier that if Moondog pulls out the win, that he would leave Powell. No one knew that this was going to happen because Scott Spade, being the the technical master that he is, the chess player, so to speak, came up short. And he was a man of his word 19 years. 19 years with Powell Entertainment mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not only do you lose that uh, that dominant force in the ring, but you also lose that general in the uh, locker room as well. Absolutely. So there's 
you know, two emotional sides to it. Um, uh, yeah, when, when you're back there. See, uh, Scott did have a few words to say when uh, it was all said and done. Mm-hmm. He was a man of his word. Moondog Murray, still on cloud nine, pure, raw emotion. Fans, uh, when that match goes up, uh, you will definitely catch the emotions out of Moondog Murray. Uh-huh. Because he was doing everything that he could and caught Spade in the sleeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, just did not let go. Did not let go whatsoever. No, he, he wasn't going to let go at all. And he, it showed he wanted that title. And that's right. And you know how he earned it. That's <laughs> right. He said he's going to be a fighting champion. Uh, we'll exactly see how this plays out. We'll see what uh, Jimmy has in store for him uh, in regards to opponent. But we are lucky that we are getting Scott here tonight along with Mistress Misery. To find yep. out what's going on, uh, what's going on in his mind, if, is there something, is there a bigger picture that we don't see? All righty, wrestling fans, the moment we have been waiting for, the one and only four-time former POW heavyweight champion, former two-time CCW tag champion, two-time POW tag team champion, two-time regional champion one for pow one for ccw and to my knowledge uh the only man to hold every title in the promotion so 19 years very long time very long time kind of jump into it rotate back real quick we're looking at hunter Payne had something that you want your pow heavyweight title that's exactly right my belt that's right your belt you make it you made it known. Mm-hmm. Fox Lake put the chair to his throat, made the demand, got the demand. Summer explosion. It seemed like Hunter and you started in the back. You guys didn't even wait to come out to the ring. You guys started to the back. And the mastermind chess player that you are, you came out victorious. Okay? Got it. You are four-time POW heavyweight title holder. Next day, POW Entertainment's first ever You Better Work Pride show. You were scheduled to face off against POW fan favorite Moondog Murray. You come to the ring, look like you're ready for battle. You take the mic and say, you know what? I wrestled hard enough. It's my title. I make the shots. You're not getting a title shot. You guys have the match. And by your surprise, and even Moondog Murray's surprise, Pulled out the upset. Of course you're upset. Moondog Murray is beside himself. Jim Blaze comes out and says, Look, this man deserves the title shot. And if you do not defend that title, that he was going to take it away from you. Fast forward to T-Woods. Everybody in the locker room, everybody in the crowd, witnessed something that they did not think that they would ever see. Earlier in the night, you made mention that if Moondog Murray wins again, that you would leave POW Entertainment. Moondog Murray gave everything that he got. Uh, You yourself pulled out several tricks of your own, which surprisingly, Moondog Murray did not stay down for the three. Clenches you into the sleeper. Next thing you know, Mistress Misery's waking you up and uh, you're 15 pounds lighter. No more title. Mm-hmm. What 
had to be going through your mind at that time? I don't know. A little bit of disbelief on my behalf. Not that I underestimated anybody or him because I don't underestimate anybody ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more boastful than, than I usually am, but you can't help it when I uh, I feel that good about something and I know I can beat anybody at any time. It's just one of those nights that he was a better guy. I got to give him credit for that. Now, you made mention 19 years, Power Entertainment, CCW, and uh, that you are moving on from Pow. Correct. So your wrestling career is still active. It will never stop. Until I can't walk to the ring, it will never stop. Is there any other promotion right now that you're looking at? Or are you going to kind of take a little bit of a break? And like I said, you are one of the very few that I could count on one hand that has been there since day one, since you started. You know, go, 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 go. For 19 years, August August 22nd will be officially 19 years I've been in the business, and I have never taken a break. That's right. The only time I've been off was the three months that everything was shut down for COVID. Right. From March to June, I think it was, Mm -hmm. of 21 or 22, whatever it was. But I have never, ever wrestled less than once a month for 19 years. I've never taken a break, never taken time off, worked through a lot of injuries, a broken neck, in 2006 got dropped on my head in tennessee and i've wrestled with however it healed whatever happened to it for 17 years on a broken neck wow so i mean you never know what happens when i go out there something could happen but right so i mean you kind of give yourself a little bit of a break or you and uh the mistress there got other uh, things on site i mean this guy even wrestled with an open wound you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, you saw that. Yeah, I had, yeah, squeeze a neosporin yeah. inside it after your match. I had a, it opened up pretty bad. Yeah, I had a, oh, that was two minor back surgeries, like at a physician's place, not a full blown hospital, but I had to get stuff scraped out of my back on a Monday, and I wrestled that Saturday. Yeah. Then I had to go back again a couple weeks later and get it scraped out again on a Wednesday, and I wrestled in Michigan that Saturday still. Yeah. And I had a big bandage on it, and by the time I came back, the bandage came off, and all you had to, they had to scrape it out and yeah. put, like, stuffing in there. Right. Like a candle I remember wick. that, actually. Yeah. And it had to heal from the inside out. Yeah. And I remember when I came back, you saw me, and yeah. you were like, dude, it's out. I'm like, what? You're like, it's just an open hole. Yeah. It was probably about the size of a nickel. Yeah. 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 I was it looked like a bullet with gloves on. My, I had I just got that first aid. It looked like a bullet hole. Out of my head. You're ready. Don't like, touch me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget you showing me a picture. It looked like a bullet hole. Oh, it did. Yeah. Wow. It was, yeah, nice. was squirting Neosport in there. Oh, and it was a bunch gone. So angry. Well, just like after the broken neck thing, it was. Again, I never got officially diagnosed that it was broken, so I don't know. Because when I landed, I got my neck cracked, I got the big stinger down all the way into my like left leg and it felt like my whole neck into my shoulder was on fire. Oh yeah. And um, first thing I did as soon as I landed, <laughs> I made sure I moved everything and you know, okay, I'm okay. So I didn't like freak out or nothing. Right. But that was the very end of the match. Maybe had another minute to go finish the match. Uh Forsaken was my partner. He kinda helped me to the back. I put ice on it. And I did a runner in the match later that night. Oh I think I remember you. I never got it checked out, never went to the doctor, never had anything happen. I never did nothing to it, no therapy, no chiropractor, no nothing. I just kept going. I just have that old school mentality. Just tape it up and keep going. Yeah. I don't care what – I just love it that much. I don't care how much I'm hurting. 
when I go through that curtain, the curtain stops. It goes away. Until yeah. I come back to the curtain, sit there for a half hour, hour, <laughs> then I start getting real stiff and start yeah. hurting and getting up the next day is... Sometimes they need help. I'll start leaning up, get out of bed, and she's got to push me <laughs> upright, yeah. and it's... yeah. It's it's hard. It really is hard. I mean, I feel like an old guy, even though I'm only 41. I've been 19 years. People are a lot older and have done this, you know, 10, 15 years longer than me that are active right now. But 19 years of nonstop without taking a break really takes a toll on your body. Absolutely. And it really it's kind of saying that if now you've got this opportunity to, you know, sit back, reset, so to speak, and... You know, lay out the groundwork for you and Mr. Smithery to make your way into other promotions. Yeah, we want to go a lot of different places, try new things. But I mean, we we could do that anytime too, even though if we were still with Powell. Mm -hmm. But I mean, maybe we'll slow down just a hair. But I don't want to because if I slow down, that means I'm gonna hurt, and I don't want to start. You know, I want to keep at the same pace because these last two weeks will start turning into two weeks, and then yep, two weeks turns into a month. I'll keep you active. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> These last two years, I've been busier than I've ever been. Okay. Which is crazy because the older I've gotten, the busier the schedule gets. So it's like I need to stay active to yeah. stay loose, if that makes any sense. No, you got to keep down. the body. Right. Yeah, I, and I love it too much. I can't not do it. I wish well, I could wrestle every day. You know, the mind says go, go, go. The body says no, no, no. I mean, I still feel like I can play around <laughs> – just a little bit, you know, but other people are like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, you, you feel young, you move around, you know, you're always going to ache and, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> this hurts, that hurts. I mean, yeah, we still got a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, we always yeah. have SCW. That was always like the second part of POW. Uh-huh. And then we got the big WAW show coming up. Yeah. That might be like a actual touring like four times a year, big shows in big cities, and yes, uh, a chance to go to England and stuff like that. So there's there's a lot there's of a things lot of opportunities yet. that yeah, can open up with stuff. this show. And right. Well, I'm pretty, especially over there in England. I'm pretty sure you'll fit right in. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love uh, me. How are you feeling with you know being by his side now? There are a lot of times you know we've known each other for years. A lot of times you've been behind the scenes or you know just sitting back. Uh, and you've already had, you know, experience yourself yeah. coming from like a independent wrestling family. Yes. Um, to actually be out there with them now and all that. I mean, how is that making you feel to take this ride with them? I love watching him do what he does best. Mm-hmm. Go out there and hurt people. <laughs> Bring them to their knees. And that's my favorite thing. Your favorite I enjoy thing. it very much. Swinging I'm, the kendo stick. Yes. Too. I'm glad I get to be a part of it with him. Good. You know, just like the old shirt that Ox Baker used to wear, I like to hurt people. Yes, <laughs> I, I always wanted to get one of those. <laughs> and, and he always looked like he could oh, a- actually always. Hurt if you. you look at a definition of what a pro wrestler should look like in his voice, yeah, Ox Baker. Guy. He wasn't that great in the ring, but he looked amazing. He made it look believable. Absolutely. I mean, he started yeah. riots for crying out. Yes. <laughs> Nineteen years, you know, with the company, you've seen the. I guess the lightning in the bottle with a round of talent. Yes. Chris Cairo, Rough Crossing, Kanoa. Mm-hmm. You know, There's one more. Thunderfoot. The one before. The original five. The original. Next uh, Generation Patriot. Justin uh, that's James. right, Justin James. He was the first one. Okay. And then Rough and Cairo started in, he was in 03. 
Cairo and Ruff started in February of 04, and then Cano was March of 04, I believe, and then I was August of 04. Okay. That's the original five that we yeah. call the original five. Right. And then Thunderfoot came the next year, one full year. And then one full after year that. afterwards. Yeah, and then Dayhawk was kind of the next one to come through and uh, all yeah, those guys. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, the original five of those guys, yeah. yeah. Of homegrown, actual trained. Right. Yeah, CCW. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. I, I was still roughing at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, with you guys and so forth. But the caliber to be in that mix, running the Odium twice, having matches that instamatic classics mm-hmm. with guys, all of you guys were hungry, you know, and yeah. now you guys see each other. Now, now this, the roster that's coming up now, mm-hmm. you'd think it's made a full turn to where the next batch of wrestlers are coming that you are uh, seeing from the last a group. lot fewer. And it's not a knock on anybody who's training or who anybody who's getting trained. The further it goes along in time, it's getting easier. Okay. And uh, you've been around five years longer than I have, so I'm sure you can see that too, where it's actually getting easier to get in the business because there's more schools open. The training isn't as brutal as it used to be. (laughs) Because back in the old days, if I had my way, if I saw somebody come in, you know, that I don't think should be in, Mm -hmm. they'd be getting in out of here. I'm sure you know I'm more protective of the business, business. probably than anybody that you know. Right. No, absolutely. You are. Everything should be behind the scenes. There's no secret should be told. I will protect the business. And this is serious. I'm 100% serious with this. I will protect the business with my life. Mm-hmm. That's how much I love this business. Is that not true? You hear it every day. <laughs> because the, the art of Pro wrestling and the way it should be done and the old school way of doing it, the right way of doing it is so sacred to me. I know. I do yeah, not I, want I, that to die. And as you've seen with my training, it's massively psychological. Oh, yeah. And when oh, I yeah. started, Chicago's not really known for being a psychological training place. Right. It's more of a, a bunch of moves and high spots. spots and stuff like that. Spots. Yeah. So Jimmy Blaze, I will always give him credit and... It will never be anybody else. And he is the guy that officially broke me in. Yeah. When I very first started, he was the guy. It was his partner at the time was Dave Storm. He was on his one of his sabbatical things that he does every now and then. <laughs> yeah. So Jimmy was there the very first time and I gave him the money to start, you know, like the full payment. He said, Oh, we'll just check it out and see if you want to do it. No, here. Yeah. No, we'll just see if you want to do it. So this. you paid in full. Yeah, the fantasy camp or what yeah. they had at the okay. time, yeah. And it was two days. I missed the first day because I had a concert. So I did two days worth on the Sunday. Right. So I did four hours yeah. on one day. And I couldn't walk to Wednesday. Oh, it was brutal. Well, I did every bump, every little basic move he had me do too. And it was mm-hmm. it just came really natural. To me. Right. Well, back then too, especially uh, at the old training facility, Lakemore. Yes. Uh, you guys were running. That was a great place. You know, four nights a week, five days, five, yeah. Four yeah. or five days a week. Yeah. Five, and that doesn't happen anymore either. You're lucky no. if you get two. Yeah, most yeah. people get one, but we had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Five days a week, four hours a day. I never missed a day for a year and a half. I made every single one. No, and no matter what, I was the first one there. Was the last yeah. one to leave. And what? then Saturdays we would go there, take the ring down in the ring truck, uh-huh. go drive to where we were set up and the show. show. 
mess around in the ring for probably three hours before the show would even start. Yeah, you guys were constantly in the ring, constantly. Well, I, I was yeah. in it too every so often. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> do the match, do the show, break the ring down. Yeah. yeah. They would go park the truck in front of the school. Sunday morning, we would come up at noon, set the ring, ring up, up, and have practice. practice for another three, four wow. hours. So think at like noon, yeah. when it's 100 degrees out, they would shut the garage door. Yeah. So it's 120 degrees in there, it was, and we're dying, yeah. absolutely dying. I would give, I would, I never puked. Yeah, oh, definitely. With all that, a lot of people did, but you? I never oh, did. I be, uh, How about you? I'd be puking within 10 they, minutes. They had us do um, squats, push-ups, sit-ups, run yeah. laps around the building. Yeah, I mean, we did so much stuff before we even got in the ring, but just and it, five that's days some, a week. That, and that's where a mm-hmm. lot of it is lost. You've got to yeah. learn your basics yeah. first. Yeah. And cardio... I mean, I I wish I had half the cardio some of you guys had. I wish I had half right now that I used to have. But <laughs> yeah, I don't have you know. But um, but just to work at that substantial type of pace of practicing and yeah. working and exercising, yeah, you couldn't blow us all up. The five yeah. of us, we well, were just nonstop. It was, yes, it was crazy. and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And here's what you know. And a couple of the original five mm-hmm. were actual smokers. <laughs> It's like, yeah. how, how? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know. I do not know. But no, this is uh, Chris Cairo. Uh, Love the guy to death. He is uh, one of, to my opinion, one of the most underrated Absolutely. wrestlers yeah. that was on the mm-hmm. scene. I wish he would have tried to go somewhere. I just think he likes staying at home. Yeah, around here. But he, uh, he, he was a amazing tale. Him and Rough Crossing are my two best friends. Yes. Since I, I mean, instantly when I went there, those three of us have been like this. Oh, since, yeah. Since uh, day one. Definitely. And that's yeah. why you guys have had the matches mm-hmm. that you guys have had, oh. either with each other or against yeah, each between other. between the three of us, we've you know, had I mean, unbelievable just, matches together. <laughs> so many memorable matches. Especially with Rough. I mean, with him and against him. Yeah. I am more proud of teaming with him, the things I've done as a team. As right. noise moves and tattoos that I have probably my single stuff, believe it or not. Yeah. I can say that. That's just how much, like, there's that sacred word again. I, I hold noise moves and, su- and tattoos as such, like, a sacred entity of... No, no, ta- absolutely. I mean, it, yeah. uh, in your corner for... I, there are times... I know, we, we like, had the pleasure of having you as our manager for a little yeah. bit, too. <laughs> but it's like, it was, it was easy work. I mean, both of you guys could talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you both knew what you needed to do. I mean, I was just out there trying to... Run in your mouth. It, it run, <laughs> run in the mouth or, you know, give Scott some water, give Ruff some water. Yep. You know? Thanks for I mean, passing that on to me now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well uh, I do remember getting dropped on my head. and uh, I didn't do that. No. Kicked, <laughs> no. kicked in the head oh, one yeah. time on that. That, uh, that terrible, <laughs> terrible slide in. I've been, I've been hit the head a couple thousand times. I don't remember what you're talking uh-huh. about. So. <laughs> no, you got um, the footage of that for proof. <laughs> yeah. no, I do remember that. Yes, uh, definitely a lot of good times. Where do you think the company is heading now? Now that you are out out of the picture, so to speak, mm-hmm. which way do you think is going? Who do you think is going to start taking charge? Because we do have a few guys that seem hungry enough mm-hmm. to take. Well, the first two right away are Kazile and Mason. They seem to be the, the top of the the school and the top of the class, I guess you could say, and they're starting to branch out a little bit and go to different places and stuff. Mm-hmm. And They have really good matches together, too. 
and they have really good intensity in the ring with each other, and they yeah. can really good go chemistry. at it. So I think they're they're the guys that could probably go out and do things the further they get along, I think. Because Isle's been just short of five years, and I don't know, Mason, is he just under that, maybe? Is that what it's like four years? Start? Because he took time off with the knee injury, but that really doesn't count. No, like, right. About four years. Yeah. For... Mason? Yeah. yeah, for Mason. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who started first. No, Mason's been in it for a while. Well, yeah. before Mason's Kazile. been in it for yeah, a while. He was there, yeah, he was in there before Kazile. Kazile got in right before me. Okay. So, like, I just passed five years with Pow. so Kyle's got to be, like... I think he's like coming up on or, five, right? No, he's before me. So, he's, like, a month or two months before I got in. Okay, yeah. Has he been around for a while? Who? Mason. Mason's been around. He must have been. Well, he yeah, when he was like former tag team or sixteen. Oh well, yeah, I remember. Well, he won tag team title with uh, Donnie. Yes. <laughs> There's a good story with Mason and Donnie. I think it was his second match, third match when Hardcore Craig and I were tag team partners. Okay. For a year, we were partners. There was a match in Fox Lake. It was the two of us against the two of them. And I don't. I, I usually start the match first. I mean, especially with Ruff, that was always the tradition. Right. I would always start. It was like a Steiner thing. Yeah. I would always or Rock and Roll Express. Uh-huh. I would always start first. He would get the the big moves at right. the end and stuff like that. And, um, one of the very first things is I think I threw him in the corner. He reversed me and he came up to give me a monkey flip. Well, instead of planting his legs right here, both of his knees were together and they hit me right oh. here. So double knee shot right in my mouth. And I remember going down like this. Like, oh my God. And I remember putting my hand there. I thought my teeth got knocked out. Okay. And I came up. I'm like, all right. They're not broken. I'm okay. And so what actually happened is both of my lower teeth went broke through. through the front of my lip. Oh. So I had a gash inside my mouth about an inch long. Oh. And right where like the, the dark pink color yeah. of your lips meets the skin underneath. Right. There was a gash right there the size wide of my bottom two teeth. Oh. So I had my mouth was full of blood, and then I had a stream coming down uh. my front. It, it just barely broke through. <laughs> where, where was this at? Fox Lake. Fox Lake. It, it was Mason's either second or third match he had ever. I may have to look on the old uh, yeah, against Powell, me and the Hardcore Craig. Powell YouTube yep. page. Yeah. As long as my teeth didn't get now. broken, I don't. Like I said, keep going. I don't yeah. care. The most important <laughs> thing is finish that match. No, absolutely. if you're not paralyzed, finish, finish the match. match. Exactly. Finish the match. That's yep. definitely old. Yeah, story. I'll never forget. I remind him about that all the time. And he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, it, hey, it happens. It's it's all part of the game. Yeah, that is true. Uh, they say, uh, and they say wrestling's fake. But <laughs> <laughs> well, i tell you what, uh, we're going to take a quick uh, break for our sponsors, and we will be right back and continue with some more Scott Spade discussions. Fans, we know that sometimes life can throw some curveballs. If you're in need of family law advice, talk to Pow Entertainment's favorite attorney, the law office of Christopher Hoff. This is Stalin Shane, and you're listening to Hillbilly Records, two of my favorite guys, and you know, I don't got many. Even though they ain't from Naperville, we can make it work. All right, we are back with Scott Spade and the lovely Mistress of Misery as well. Um... I just want to say thank you guys for taking time. I know you got a, a week now out of your month where you can oh. <laughs> you got free, so yeah. we're glad that you guys were able to join us. Yeah, it's glad and, to finally be on here. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, 
not only losing you and Powell in the ring, but we're also losing a captain in the locker room as well. So it's emotional on that end. More for me on that end. Um, and I know for some of the other guys as well. But just explain, like, your role as your a captain, you know, a general in the locker room, you know. You're, the sheriff. You know, you yeah. You don't say much at all. You don't. <laughs> Almost you, like you the sit undertaker. in the corner. You know, yeah. You, like you watch and you listen. Yeah. And whoever has a problem, they come to you and, you know, you give your your piece on it. And, yeah, so. Yeah, I just, I've always had the old soul. And I felt like I was more like an old soul. Like when I was mm-hmm. 16, I, I felt like I was 30. Right. Now that I'm 40, I feel like I'm 70. Not just because of like how my body feels, but I've just always had that old, old mind yeah. mentality. And that's why I've always been drawn to like the 60s, 70s, 80s style of wrestling. And um, my hero, again, it's not a knock on Jimmy Blaze. He is always the guy that broke me in for sure. And he's always a person I mentioned first when it comes to getting into wrestling and stuff like that. That'll never, ever be taken away from me. And he's a very special person in my life that has been for 20 years. But my hero, my mentor, my idol since I've been in this, in this business has been a guy named Rick Reynolds Forsaken. He took me under his wing. He's from Tennessee. And I remember my very first match I ever had was in Woodstock. Russell Rage 2. That's how old I am. Russell Rage 2. Yes. Now we're going to be on 21 coming up. Yep. Russell Rage 2. I wrestled Next Generation Patriot, Justin James. And that was my very first match I ever had. And I came down the locker room. I came down the steps in Woodstock where the locker room was actually in the basement. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, God. Yeah. And came downstairs and he was sitting there in the chair, chair um, changing, putting his boots on. As he was in the main event against Eric Freedom in a cage. Uh, <laughs> there's, a whole big, there's a whole big story about that one, too. So he's the very first person I saw. But I mean, I wanted to talk to him anyway, but he just happened to be right there next to the stairs. And I came up to him and I say, I just want to tell you, you know, I can't believe I had my first match. It's, I've been waiting for this my whole life. And thank you for teaching me everything you've taught me and just everything you've done, giving me tips and this and that. And, you know, just thank you for everything. And he, I, I just saw him just kind of look up at me like either he didn't hear anybody ever say that or he was kind of shocked. Because uh-huh. he didn't expect it, or like I said, didn't hear, doesn't hear it from a lot of people. But I think since then, I, I just kind of saw that look, like in his face, like hmm. <laughs> this guy gets it. Like he, yeah, it's weird to say. I came into the business ready, and I almost like it was. I don't want to say easy because it wasn't easy. I was ready before I came in. If that uh, makes any sense, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, it does. Yeah. Because I always had that respect. Because I always, you know, you have to honor the people that came before you and who built this business and made it what it is today. And he, at that point he was, he was around, he started in 87 That was 2004. So he was, you know, 17, 18 years in already. So it's almost like what I have a little bit before what I am right now. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, he took me under his wing and the second match I ever had, he brought me down to Tennessee. Wow. So my second and third match I ever had, was in Springfield, Tennessee, and in Columbia, Tennessee. Wow. And that I've always been a guy that's been in the right place at the right time, like with that very first match. Usually 
most of the time guys have the first match they lose. Uh, Justin James uh, was doing some <laughs> stuff at the time that he shouldn't have been. He did not bring his gear to the show that night because oh, no. he didn't think he was wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say his punishment, but they said, you know, go borrow somebody's gear. So he borrowed Eric Freedom's uh, red, white, and blue American flag yeah. Sandman yeah. style yeah. pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Borrowed somebody's <laughs> boots. And I won my first match, which is kind of unheard of, <laughs> with finishing move the ace crusher yeah which is like that's just doesn't happen <laughs> so i got to be in the right place at the right time so that's that. why he wore those yes <laughs> i did not know he did not bring his gear because i think he was wrestling wow and, and i didn't know i was wrestling that night uh-huh i just knew i was gonna be in a battle royal because that's how they would break all the rookies in. yeah you do battle royals for years three four five months before yeah. they think you're ready for a match oh. right so I guess from training, they told me after a month and a half, they said I was ready for a first match, but they wanted to let it ride out and build up and make me even sharper than I was when they thought I was ready for the first no, match. No, I mean, def- yeah. definitely the training style <clears throat> back then. Yeah. Out of the five days that you ran, mm-hmm. for sure, three days were different, for sure. Fourth day could be a combination of yeah. several things, mm-hmm. but... Everybody had their own style mm-hmm. of training. Yep. Just like when I got in, Jimmy Blaze was a trainer. You know, Rick Knight gave me my first slam. Mm-hmm. Jimmy booked me on my first show. Mm-hmm. All right. Jimmy, he'd make everybody run. You know, yep. uh, why ain't you running with us? <laughs> I ain't running with nobody. You run. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Jimmy was. That's how it was. I mean, Jimmy was the guy that taught you how to bump, and he's the guy that taught you moves. Yes. Dave was the guy that put all the moves in in spots. Yes. And made you go 100 miles an hour. And he would give you this, 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 like 20 things. Yeah. Do this, 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 Mm -hmm. this, go. And if you messed up any one of those, even like number 19, you had to do the whole thing over again. It it was almost like that game Simon. Because uh, some, much, of the, yeah. some of the practices, honestly. Yes. All right. You know, everybody's lining up. Do this move, this move, and this move. You go to the end of the line. Next person, this move, yep. this. And when that person yep. got to the front, Dave would add one or two more moves. At least. At, yes, at, at least. least. Now you're trying to remember the yeah. three or four that you yeah. just did. Now you got to remember you the You got to remember the original plus the add-on if you screw it up and do it again. And pretty much he would run through the uh, line yeah. until people were starting yeah. to, yeah. What, you know, puss out, which, uh, yeah. And all <laughs> started screwing up. Yeah. That's know? when you start getting on. They would split yeah. us into partners like we we do sometimes. And yeah. that's when you start getting on your partner a little bit like, come on, man, let's do yeah. this. Because, yeah. because the other guys try to keep it going. Yeah. You did not. You did not want to be the one yeah. to screw, screw it up. Yes, because right. if the other guy keeps messing up, it's like, dude, come on, let's do it. I don't want to keep doing this 30 yeah. times. Let's go. Let's get this done. Yeah, you know, once you're done, done take a break and stuff. And <laughs> back in that day, too, we had so much respect and not so much fear, but we were scared to even say anything in a sound. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just that's the way it was back then. Yeah. You don't talk unless you're spoken to. You don't ask for water. You don't do nothing until they this say, time. okay, it's a water break. Yeah. Or even, I mean, if it's an emergency for a bathroom or something, that's right. a different story if you're going to puke or, you know, because <laughs> you can slam and feel like you're going to have to, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. just I'll because the body has yeah, something like that. But yeah, you did not say. My, my first slam. Yeah, you did Jesus not say a word, Christ, dude, because it was just a respect thing. And mm. well, 
with starting out mm-hmm. as a referee, okay, at 33, <laughs> yeah. I went to the practices, you know, and it was the running and learning the moves and all that. Granted, I was going to be a ref, and I they asked if I wanted to wrestle. I'm like, yeah. no, I mean, I don't want to. I didn't want to hurt no one. You know, and that was my biggest thing. I mm-hmm. felt like I was not a, a safe, a, a safe shape mm-hmm. or whatever. Now I see kids out here twice as skinny as I am and I'm thin, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, I did everything that, you know, I could do. I, I practiced as much as I could and all that, but like yeah, said, the mind says, go, go, go. And the body's like, no, 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 same no, with no. Me. I was 30 years old when I yeah. joined wrestling, mm-hmm. but like, and my background was amateur wrestling and type one. That helps a lot. And a I was lot. very natural at doing the rolls yes. and doing That's a big flipping sure. and bumping and yeah. all that. It was very natural to me. So mm-hmm. it was day one of practice when when Jimmy brought me in. I was like, I love it. It's like high school. It's, mm-hmm. it's yep. fun. Yeah. <laughs> the fundamental. Like, to finish your original question, the other half of it coming back around is, like I said, I, I wanted to like forsaken my goal in this business was never to be well everybody wants to be the the, you know the real world champion of you know nwa wwf or whatever the time but ever since i got in i never wanted to go to those companies because to me it wasn't good right i yeah i haven't watched it on tv since 2002 (laughs) and i don't think anything after 1992 is really that Great. <laughs> it had a spike from you know ninety six to ninety nine, but yeah. it was different. Right, it was different than the old school. The only thing wow. that I wanted to do was be like Forsaken and have that massive respect slash fear uh-huh. that nobody would mess with you and you know you would not have any problems with anybody. Because I'm not the biggest, strongest guy in the world, but I always presented myself like you do not want to mess with me. No, I don't if know, I like- had to. I know what I have to do to make it look like a pretzel, you know, and make sure you're never seen again. I've never been tested. Because my first show, but, you know, doing security with Pow. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's people that have seen a rare moment so, of me not losing my temper, but getting a so little bit more intense. <laughs> but there's some names that yeah, won't be spoken because yeah, no, I will was, get fired uh, up on that. Yep. So... I remember, all right, so you were getting into it with somebody, well, somebody. somebody, and I was like, oh my God, like, this is Spain's wife, what, what do I do? <laughs> so I, like, run upstairs at Fox Lake, and I'm all like, uh, 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 uh Mr. Spain, <laughs> uh, your wife's about to beat uh, somebody's ass downstairs. Oh, you know like, what? I'm like, uh, your wife's about to like, kill somebody. God damn it. <laughs> yes, I think it's a first time. And you're standing at the curtain, like, yeah. peeking out, and yeah. you're just like, All of a sudden, I see a hand. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, here we go. Just another day. Yeah. People don't want to get that finger from me because I've done that a lot because it usually means you're going to get yelled at. I'm not, I'm not going to. Oh, not, of course, not at me. There's been shows where you've seen me do that oh. in Wisconsin where this guy did some stupid shit. And I go, yeah. after the show, I made sure I found him after I put my gear in the car and I saw him. I'm like, you, come here. And I'm just like, and he's just like oh, shit. You know, we did one of those things and just the fear. of the, That's back to the forsaken thing. I, I want to be that guy. That keeps the old tradition alive. It keeps people in line. It, it is like an Undertaker role, but I'm not going to do that 
court thing and yeah. call people out no, you and, don't, yeah. and make it public and stuff. And it's more of a pulling somebody to the side and handling it privately because yeah. you don't want to do much in front of all the boys because it just creates a whole situation. You don't want people talking and rumors and gossip and all that yeah. crap going on. But I, a lot of people have called me the sheriff, the policeman, the bodyguard, the everything because Mr. Unprofessional. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different <laughs> thing. That's, a whole <laughs> that's, thing that's another story. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other story. It's <laughs> um, a good story. That, uh, well, again, it's, it's totally. Story. I made it yes. part of my gimmick, but of course, people know that's the complete opposite of what I am. Because to me, it's all about doing good business, what makes sense, and being professional at all times. Because you have to carry yourself with a certain professionalism. No, no, that's absolutely because of what our business is. But Forsaken was that way where if any shit was going on in the locker room with anybody all yeah. ever. Yeah, he was the guy. Say, hey, that would hand, that would knock it off. Yeah, cool it. You know, pull somebody aside. He wasn't afraid to just yell somebody, just scream at him in front of the locker room. Anyway, or no, yeah. I'm going to get this guy in the ring. He's, you know, he's messing with me. All right, don't say nothing. Yeah, see in the ring, see <laughs> in the battle royal, and I, I've seen him throw somebody across the locker room before. That yeah. I have not seen, but uh, yeah, I've taken a choke slam from him, and yeah. Yeah, I've seen him pound him. He's he's got I think a, I know what that is. Yeah, he's got a reputation, especially in Tennessee, Ooh. where he's from, of throwing people out of locker rooms, physically throwing people out of locker rooms, throwing people's gear out of locker rooms. I remember one time, uh, the place I wrestled a lot too in Tullahoma, Tennessee, for a guy Yukon Jack. Something was happening where they were doing a street fight and they were going all over the building or whatever. And the Yukon guy, he's a really cool guy, but. He wasn't happy with what was going on. And again, I love all these guys. Right. It was just an instant. I love all these guys. Nobody's a jerk or nothing. I'm not talking oh, bad no. about anybody. But I guess Great he guys. forsaken heard about that. And he's like, all right, we're going to tear this place down. So there was a, a drywall wall, I guess, with no two by fours between the arena and the locker room. So he's wrestling Shane Morton. And they had one of the greatest feuds I've ever seen in my life down there. They wrestled for years and years and years. And he threw Shane into the wall, but he told him to reverse it because he wanted to go and damage the wall as much as he could. And he threw him and he ran into that wall so hard he actually broke through the wall <laughs> into the locker room uh, because he wanted to just destroy the whole building. <laughs> I mean, that's just the mentality that he had, but he just like, I would, I always want to stand up for what's right. That's yeah. the most thing. It's not just yeah. what I believe. I mean, I'm going to believe what I believe is right. right? Not just because it's my opinion, but I just follow the old code of the way things are supposed to be done respect right. honor you know the way it should be done and i'm not going to do anything in a to embarrass somebody or make somebody right. you know in a stupid or make put somebody down or no you have you, you, you know never what I mean? know. I'm, I'm always yeah. there to police everything to make sure everything's cool and anybody can call me at any time to make right. sure and if it's especially something like the thing in wisconsin where the business is getting exposed or somebody's acting yeah. like they shouldn't be. There's so many yeah. wrestlers nowadays that have to actually go out in the crowd and sit and watch the matches. Yeah. yeah. That's that always been, is just, that's like one of your pet peeves. Oh. Yeah. There's a list. There's a you list. don't have enough paper. Yeah. Or, you don't have enough and, time for things. For that I, yeah. First time I've ever met Rick Reynolds, mm -hmm. two young rookies. We're going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. And Rick, you know how always Rick was. <sighs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> that big sigh, mm -hmm. and he's like, okay, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. And it was a handicap match, mm -hmm. two against one. Every time this poor dude tried to do something to Rick, no, 
And then, well, first of all, if you're five foot nothing and Rick is six, six two, five, six he's five, three hundred pounds. Okay, he's a former police officer, a former a private eye detective, and a very well martial arts trained. Okay, guy too. So he can he knows what he knows. Oh his yeah, he can do some. But he, he's probably the only guy I can honestly okay. say. I'm not afraid of anybody, but he's the probably the one guy that I would be afraid of if he was mad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not just a respect factor, but it's just I would. No, not it's true. He's, he's like an Andre the Giant. Yeah, if he's your friend, he's your friend for life, and he has that tight, tight inner circle. Of yeah, very few people he selects to get close to. Him. But if he does not like you, no, you'll know. He it. will make you know it. Yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. These poor, these mm-hmm. poor schmucks, yeah. and I'm still kind of new in the business myself. Mm-hmm. This was up in Oshkosh. First of all, Rick Reynolds was mad because it was a yeah, uh, dark his- match for yeah. a TV title, and Rick Reynolds was like, "Why is it a dark match for the TV title?" Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a Jimmy that back in the day call. Okay, <laughs> love you, Jimmy, but that was your call. And they wanted to give him half his pay, I believe, is what I heard. Also, so they dipped him on his pay. So and that's, I, I, that's number that, one rule with him too. You do not mess with his money. I like I said, I was still new at the time, yeah. so I didn't get into that. But all mm-hmm. I know is that he showed these two guys who were boss in the ring, and that he was oh, not yeah. going to do. All this stuff that did not make sense. Right. But in the same token, I will say Rick did make them look as strong as he could. Right. You know. Yeah. But he controlled the match of like. No, I actually like, have that tape. The cassette tape. Yeah. Believe it or <laughs> you not, you probably got it from I me. Do, I do have it. I think I got it at the old school. It was up in a box up there. Yeah, I, the I old VHS tape. He ta- took yep. out two people. And I think the end of the match was he put the one guy down. And he took the other guy and picked him up for a yeah. power bomb, and he yeah. power bombed him on the other guy. Oh, yeah, and then he oh. pinned them both on top of each other. Yeah, yeah. it was brutal. I think it was. And, <laughs> and you're the <laughs> oh. From what I understand, because I did all the matches back mm-hmm. then, it was like I don't know what it was that as soon as I showed up wrestling, nobody refed. It's like I was getting called to ref everywhere. I refed every match for at least the first three years of my refing. And every, every on match every, of every show, wow. every mm-hmm. show. But from what I understand, that the guys went uh, going to the back to try to thank Rick and say, you know, how come this, this, and this didn't happen? And Rick was like, "You, you two guys need to leave me the phone. Yes, <laughs> you know, just go mm-hmm. away." Before something happened. Oh yeah, so, and he he would think nothing of it too if somebody opened their mouth yeah. to shut it really quick. Well, I mean, even back then, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that means yeah. uh, you wouldn't want to mess with. Mm-hmm. No I've always wanted to morph into his into his status, his legend of being who he is. And Jimmy's told me already. He's like, "You're there already." I mean, and that's such a huge compliment because I look up to Rick so mm-hmm. much because of this, what he's done for me. Right. And that's that's mm-hmm. another lost thing in the business too is car rides. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you got the group now is too young to know about traveling in cars, talking about ideas before the match. Yes. Processing the match after it's done on the way home, and I would pick him up from the airport. He would stay with me mm-hmm. what, three or four years every single time. Mm-hmm. Car rides to every single show, like get up and play golf yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Car rides on the way back, and he's a guy like me. He doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do no. nothing. Just likes to go out, have a meal, right. sit and chill, BS with the boys, and just 
No, I don't know. Relax. There's so many yeah. things yep. nowadays yep. that's the lost art. Yep. You Absolutely. know, like the car rides. Yeah. Cutting promos is a lost art. Working on the fly, lost art. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, my per- favorite thing to do. And that's what everybody knows me for. My favorite match ever was with you when you and I did a singles match. Easiest match. How ever. easy? It was easy. You controlled the whole whole thing. Yeah. You guided me where. I needed <laughs> hey, what do we do? Nothing. 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 It was easy. The, Tennessee the style. That's, that's that's where. So easy. Easy. <laughs> that's where I got my. I say my degree in psychology was from Tennessee. Because that's the master psychology territory in Tennessee. Yeah. And that's how right. I train guys because nobody, I don't think, that I know of trains that. No. Especially yeah. not here. No. Yeah. It's, it's all flipping, flopping, leg slapping, all this nonsense. Go to the next move and nobody worries about no, it, why you do it, how you do it, the speed of how you do it, which should be slow. Mm-hmm. And it's it's supposed to be done at the right certain time. Everything is about timing. Yeah, absolutely timing mm-hmm. and speaking about timing it's about that time again we're going to hit up a quick another break because i'm telling you man yeah, this time is flying with all these mm-hmm. stories and so forth so we will be right back and uh, get into a little bit more deeper talk with uh mr scott spade hillbilly wreckers fans don't miss the lamplighter inns july special lamps grilled ham and cheese on rye with pickled egg a unique lamplighter grilled sandwich with hot ham and monterey jack cheese with sliced pickled egg and whole grain mustard on marble rye. Get this one before it's gone. This is the Mass Marauder, and you're listening to Cuba's number one podcast, The Hill Billy Records. Cuba number one. All righty, and we're back. We're talking about timing and pet peeves and so forth. What is one of your biggest pet peeves in the business today? God. I know (laughs) know you've got a Britannica set encyclopedia. Yes type list mm. from when it existed to today that's how big of a volume of it <laughs> <laughs> but i mean one of the biggest things that you either on tv or you see on other shows it's just the biggest thing it's like it's so simple but why you should have learned that in wrestling 101 <laughs> it's so hard <laughs> it's, it's it's so hard to pick which is like the top i could give leave you a bunch but maybe not in order um Again, my thing about protecting the business. I am, yeah, yes. the kayfabe <laughs> word, which not many people know what that's about. Um, Carney is such a decades lost thing, yeah. which I'm not going to explain because nobody that's not in the business needs to know. Right? <laughs> um, the protection of the business, making things believable, uh, too much flipping and flopping, Leg slapping mm, is horrendous. That is your favorite, though. <laughs> I love doing that in practice. Fired. Fired. Yeah, you're fired. Every time I see you, you're fired. Fired. Get out. And nobody sells. Thank you. Everybody in the business thinks if you're a baby face, you're going to look weak if you sell. You, that's where so it makes- wrong. So it perfect example. Opposite. Perfect example. Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton might be the greatest baby yes. face wrestler of all time. No, even Steamboat. I mean, but the sell. There's, there's two sell. others that I would put in his category. Ricky Steamboat is huh. tr- like a true white meat baby face. Right. He was never healed his whole entire career. That's right. Ricky was, though. He's, he. I remember uh, Robert Gibson injured his knee. Uh-huh. And I remember watching TV. He gave him a pile driver and put him out injured him. 
Okay. He changed his name to Richard Morton and went with, That's the, right. went with the York Foundation. Yes. And then they came back after he was done. Yeah. So he was a hair of a heel. But And then the other guy I would probably put in that group, too, that was never healed his whole entire life, who was a phenomenal worker and saw is Tito Santana. You know what? Now that you mentioned He was that, never yeah. a heel. You're right. And those guys are so smooth. Yes. Unbelievably smooth. Another guy, too, I think might be the most underrated wrestler ever. Brad Armstrong. I agree. Brad Armstrong. Smoothest guys I have ever seen in my life. Smoothest, yes. I mean, his old man is phenomenal. Bullet Bob. Yeah. Actually, all the Armstrong, you think about it, I mean, they all were very fluid. Yes, except except Road Dog. He he did the more showman and gimmicky stuff. But he he could work. I'm sure he could because he had to if he was part of that family. (laughs) Right. But yeah, the um, doing 100 miles an hour. Oh, planning matches every single step. That drives me insane. Everybody knows me. If somebody comes up to ask me, what do you want to do tonight? <laughs> See you out there. Yeah. Uh, that's a, uh, Everybody knows my saying. Yeah, See you out there. Every first time you and I went up against each other, he goes, don't ask me what he wants to do. He's yeah. not going to tell you. It's like, See cool. Yeah. What do we do? We just sat next to each other, just bullshit. Yeah. And then... Didn't even know anything. It makes it so much easier. Out the yeah. curtain, you're like, okay, and this is what's going to happen. Yeah, because you need to have a natural okay. reaction to what's happening there. Because you don't need to remember 25 things, and if, if you forget number 17, everything after that is blown and you're lost. You don't know what to do. Yeah. Plus, if you're doing something and you're waiting for the next thing to happen, you're not selling. It doesn't look natural. Right. And fans can tell when it's not natural or you're waiting for something else to happen. Uh-huh. You need to actually be in there, and if something mm-hmm. isn't going the way you're, you think it's going, or you think it should be going, you need to feed off who you're wrestling with. You need to feed off the crowd, so you can change it in a split of a second too. What if somebody gets hurt? Right. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. It's like that again. That's part of the Tennessee thing. The more you can work on the fly without knowing anything at all, the better is the, the best reaction. way to do it. And then you slow it down, especially if you're heel. You got to slow it down. <laughs> everything means that make everything mean everything put everything you got into it make sure you look like you're killing the guy and he needs to make it look like he's getting killed mm-hmm. because like I said with the heels and the baby face it's switched nowadays that's what the attitude mm-hmm. era did to wrestling yeah when The Rock and Austin and DX came along they reversed the poles mm-hmm. in wrestling because the baby face is not supposed to be a shit talk He's not supposed to make fun of anybody. He's the clean-cut guy. He's the wrestler. He's supposed to wrestle right down the middle and beat you wrestling. Right. He'll lose his temper maybe later because the heel's cheating and doing all this stuff, and he might lose it and get fired up and then go quick and stuff, but the babyface needs to sell. That's the definition of babyface. They need to sell. Right, and it's... Everybody puts everybody over. Yes. You My know, goal right. in the ring is to make him look like a million dollars. That's right. Not me. Yeah. And, and, to, and to do what's best for business and what's best for the match right, as yeah. a whole. Not for me. No, I, I, everything has to mm-hmm. make that sense. Like, everybody mm-hmm. puts each other over. Yes. And you put him over, That's the whole he idea. put you over. That's it. Yeah. So, and there I, it is. One yeah. of my favorite things that I've ever got a compliment was uh tyler sullivan mm-hmm. everybody knows who he is yeah when uh 
Russell. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's he managed by? Who's he managed by? Is that yeah. right now? Somebody, who's he managed by? Yeah, who's he managed by right Somebody now? in a little slippery, uh, sleek suit. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, those... Yeah, you know, a little slick suit, yeah, those spiky you know, shoes. That too, you yeah. know. So he watched a match that Ralph and I went out to do. And anybody who's seen me come out or the both of us come out with all of our gear, and as soon as we come out to the greatest music in the world, it's got to be cranked up to twenty five. And they see us come out at no. Animal <laughs> <laughs> Corpse, for the record. They see us walk through that curtain. You can hear the crowd. Just make that sound like whoa, mm-hmm. because just the image of I call it the walk of death. Yeah, as I'm walking out there, he's more the not comedy, but he's the more the outgoing, talking mm-hmm. mouth off, jacking them to people and stuff like that. But I'm I'm the killer. I'm the silent killer. When we're together, right. I'm the silent. I want to go out there and look like I'm going to kill you, right? And I want everybody in that crowd to look like I'm going to kill them. Right. That's why I like having somebody in the ring that I'm wrestling with and watching me come to the ring and see that look on my face. You've been in the ring before me and you yeah. see me walk out and it's yeah. like, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm yeah. dead. Right? Yeah. It's Tyler. It's, oh, yeah. Ty- yeah. Everybody, too. Especially when we do Stu. I'll see you out there. Yeah. People are scared to death because they don't know how to do that and they've never been trained that way to do that, too. Well, the bell rings and you just go for a lockup and then. Follow, right? He was watching the match, and when we came back, he's like, The crowd reaction you guys got as soon as you walk through the curtain. I love what he said. He said, The atmosphere changed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from every other match that night. I don't think we we're the main event, we were right. somewhere two thirds of the way up, maybe. Right. But he's like, Nothing before and nothing after had that crowd noise or effect when you guys walked through that curtain. It was just that the sound that the crowd made just based on how we look, how we, our posture is, how we walk, just how we do things. And it's just, I love it. That's all I, I don't have to talk. All I have to do is walk out of the curtain. They see how I dress, the look on my face, my eye, my eyes speak for me. Right. And it, and they're so dark sometimes they look black. I believe that. Just like your heart. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I don't even have a heart. <laughs> no, but if well, I did, it would be black. You're right. When I manage you guys, that's why mm-hmm. you guys always came out first. Because, like you said, I was just there to run my mouth. Mm-hmm. These guys, I, there you go, mm-hmm. easy. <laughs> yeah. I love the image. Like our favorite tag team of all time is Demolition. Yes, and just the image of them coming out with it's like a little bits and pieces of me are tributes to certain guys. When we got together, he was still doing the cowboy gimmick, so I mm-hmm. got chaps. And then yeah. we both got leather vests just so we can match more because tag team should match. Yeah. You know, we got he matching tights and stuff like that. And then Amen. we added stuff here. He dropped the cowboy gimmick where you just went full kind of biker look, just kind of, you know, brawling right. kind of guys. And it, it, it really is. We share the same brain. Yeah. We don't. You've uh, seen so many times yeah. where it's almost like with the twin thing where you could finish the other person's sentence. Yeah. We do that in the ring. Oh yeah. yeah, we don't. No, even you talk. guys knew no. exactly. Your chemistry. Tag in. We know what we're doing. This. Yeah. We don't have to talk to each other. Your it's chemistry. Was, it's phenomenal chemistry, and you, you've seen firsthand yeah, how you guys we just are together. You guys go together so. Because it was. Uh, it's unbelievable. When I first started out, I went over to your house mm-hmm. one day, and we went and saw. Oh, yeah, that's right. The show of right, yeah. Godly. Yep. Right? Yep. And Ruff is wrestling, and you're like, "All right, he's going to do this. He's going to go that. He's going to run around." I was like, "What the." Hell is going to get into Yeah. The exact, I'm like, yep. he's like, yep, you know, he's just yeah. waiting for him to come out. And I was like, 
what is this guy is like Rain yeah. Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, we, we've been we traveled everywhere together, yeah. everywhere together. And it, it was just an instant click of a team, and it was it's, it was awesome. So, but uh, let's get something funny. Let's do something. Let's hear the best road story you've got. <laughs> Again, it's hard to do a number one <laughs> involving me or just in general. Involving you or, or in general, in general, uh, something that just kind of just stuck out with you. And please don't tell me Jamie Dundee. I love Jamie Dundee. Oh, God. He's one of the guys that's responsible for getting us together, right. along with a really good friend of ours, Master Jay, who's passed away quite Master a while Jay. ago. I'm, I'm sorry, Father Jay, Father Jay, Master Jay's still alive. Okay, just yeah. set that record. Yeah, Father Jay, he's yeah, he was indeed a great, great guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he unfortunately had cancer, passed away mm. quite up to ten years ago. Probably it's been a while now. I yeah. think he passed not long after Jamie yeah. got married. Yeah, he was a good dude. We stood up at Jamie's wedding. I was standing right next yeah. to Bill Lundy and stood yeah. up at his wedding. So yeah, we were very, very close. Um, let me think. Mm. Yeah, last time. <laughs> I remember. This was the first thing that comes to my mind. It's not super crazy, but we. Packed up the ring in Lake Moore, uh-huh. and it snowed. And it, going to Fox Lake, it took maybe an hour to do the ring, and in that hour, it snowed probably six inches. So we just got to do that short ride from Lake Moore to Fox Lake yeah. on yeah. Route Twelve. Right. So yeah. you got the Menards on one side, Home Depot on the other side. Yeah, and there's all that snow on the road, and Dayhawk is right behind me too. And this car stopped like immediately i had nowhere else to go oh, so no. it was either going to hit the car i couldn't go left because i was in the right lane yeah i would hit car no i just my, my regular oh, car okay. so i'm like i'm not going to hit them so I, I was hoping maybe just to you know go off on the shoulder but there was twice as much snow on the shoulder right so on the side of the road it's a big gully so i went down oh, no. and i was going through like it was like a roller coaster it was just oh. like oh, it took me down oh. and i was going like the trees were passing me. oh no one took uh like scrape the sides of the car, and then I thought I was I was hitting dead on to a tree that had to be three foot in diameter. It was huge, hitting head on, wow. and I just cranked the wheel all the way to the right, and I just braced for impact. Uh-huh. And at the last second, something caught, and I went just to the right of the tree, and it took my mirror off on my oh. side. <laughs> I don't know how at the last second something caught, but I was I was fully. It, I mean, it was dead center of my car. Wow. I don't know how I didn't hit that thing, and I was going, you know, however fast it is, you know, snowing down the hill and everything. Yeah. And it took my left mirror off, mm-hmm. right next to me, and then I was coming up to like another bank of trees, and there's bushes in front of it, and the bushes kind of cushioned me, and I just kind of went, <laughs> and I just like jumped out of my car right away, just to let everybody know because I think Ruff was in front of me and Dayhawk was behind yeah. me. I just like shot out of the car right away, I'm I'm like, and I just went like this, like, all right, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Yeah. And the funny thing is, the song I was listening to at the time was. Like Label Society, and eventually when Ruff and I got to, we weren't tagging it, but when we got together, we used that song for our entrance. Oh, wow. <laughs> so think of what could have happened to me, uh-huh. what the name of the song is, uh-huh. Funeral Bell. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we wow. used that song for that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one time, we used to wrestle in Dubuque, Iowa all the time, and Ruff had a green, I think, a Dodge Ram pickup truck. Yeah. I, I remember that thing. <laughs> and something <laughs> happened where I don't know if the tr- the hood latch was hood was latched all the way or it had it was iffy every time he closed it. Uh, and he went over railroad tracks and it, a Tommy boy happened where the, the oh, hit it, it, came over. It, it came up and it broke his windshield. 
and him and Cairo were together. So they had to stick their heads out the window like Ace Ventura driving the car so they could pull over and stop on the side of the road. And I think they managed to bring it, bend it back down, and they came like half an hour later to see the car and the broken witch. Like, what the hell happened to you guys? Because he was behind me. I don't know if anybody was behind him or not. He's like, hey, remember those railroad tracks? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I hit it. The thing came off. I'm like, holy shit. That, that's the same truck that were caught on fire in his Yes. We, we were coming back from either we were just talking Tennessee about this. or yes. Evansville, Indiana. We got the call from Riccolo. Hey, I went out to start your car. And 10 minutes later, I go, what, check out it? And it's burst into flames. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole house caught on fire, melted yeah, the siding. Yeah, the siding in front of the garage and everything. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, mean, I remember that. I there's remember been little that. goofy things with... Forsaken, but nothing, I mean, like, major, major, actual on the road. I mean, thank God nobody ever got in, like, a, an accident other than me just going down there or, or a rough thing. But, yeah, we got, like, we've never been in any accidents as far as I can remember traveling. <laughs> no. Well, how traveling about this as an accident? Nick H., as your manager, how did that end? How did that accident oh. end as uh, NBT? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta think about that. Was that in? I know in Fox Lake, you guys busted me open. Yeah, it was thinking either Fox Lake or in Twin Lakes. No, it was Fox Lake. No, Fox Lake because that's where you busted that, me that open. That sounds right. Because I went, you guys were leaving. I touched uh, you on your shoulder. You had to chain. That's right. And you that's clocked right. me, and then. Ruff decides to, uh, because I'm weighing like a sack of potatoes at that time, decides to grab my hair and literally pull me up as he's pulling hair out of my head. <laughs> yes, there is a picture on Facebook somewhere of where he's holding me up. And, you know, and then, of course, that means I ended up wrestling you a couple of times. Yeah, we had sucked. the Fox like match. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Kicking the head. Let's just say it got a little hot that one night, didn't it? Yes, it did. You burned me up, and then that's where yeah. the secret came out where Chris came to my aid because no one knew Chris was my son at the yeah. time. Oh, is that one mention of Chris? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and what happened to him? Uh, right now, what happened to him? He became commissioner. No, and, before that. <laughs> what? We kidnapped him. Remember we taped his mouth oh, shut? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I had <laughs> come out. Just, just, I came out. Like, was, I was with the revolution. You that out there. You just came out and uh, <laughs> there was no hiding. Chris. It wasn't hidden. We brought him out to the ring with his hands tied behind his back. Yes. And, and duct tape over his mouth. And yeah. Yeah. You yes. had to come out and uh, He never looked him. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's okay, though. I, at least I could say that. I delivered one of the most fatal punches that you've ever felt, which was the heart punch. But it has no effect on me because I don't have a heart. Yeah, well, so I don't even know why you thought to use that. I, I, I used just, it. I just went like this and looked at it like. I pulled the glove out of my tights. That's right. I do remember that. That's right. I do remember that. That's about it. And then I, I of that. course, remember the stiff kick to the head when I tried to dive into the ring. Hey. I don't. It's my job. You s- well, it's fair and more. I got the double whammy <laughs> because no as, you, as no, you kicked me all. in the head, my head bounced off the mat. So it was a double whammy. Like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> There's a method to my man. <laughs> Very much so. <sighs> but anyway, we'll get to other things later. Mm-hmm. You know? so, Play I nice. Mean, 
right, well, we're going to uh, go into three rapid wrecking questions. Okay. All right, so first thing that pops in your head? You got to answer it. Go right away, all right? What is your favorite cereal or breakfast item? Uh, Bacon. Bacon? Good choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about you? Mm, I'm just a cereal man. I just like cereal. I'm simple. Simple, any kind. Yeah. Captain Crunch, Apple Jacks. I like I like Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Yeah. yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, what's your favorite spot to eat at after a show? And what do you get in? A specific restaurant or just what to eat? Yeah, just like you know, you're right after a show. You're like, oh, I'm starving. What's your go-to uh, food at your show? Food. Uh, it depends on how late we get out of the yeah, show. If it's something, nah, it might be yeah, something quick or whatever, but I'd rather sit down and have a meal if I could. But I might get a big – sometimes I feel breakfast. Sometimes I feel Mexican food. I get a lot, like a big uh, quesadilla thing or chips and salsa or something like that or a big Mexican. Burger. I mean, yeah. I get po- – it, It's every time it's different, a big bowl of pasta. I can't, I can't or, do White Castle at night. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't. Don't know what you're missing. No. Oh, I know the heartburn and the burping it up. I can't do yeah. it. I don't so, get the heartburn, but I, just, I don't. Sometimes mind. I get a I don't, I just, skillet too. Even yeah, yeah, I don't. I, don't can't do it. I mean, I don't mind burping it up every now and then. And then uh, last question: Who is your favorite indie wrestler to work? Ever, ever since you've been in the business. Who is your favorite guy? They don't you, say uh, me. <laughs> I don't even know if I can answer that. Because I, I wrestle everybody the same way, and everybody is... It's almost like different eras I got to think of. Yeah. But before I took a two-year break from Powell and then came back for another nine years. I've had chemistry with so many good people. Ruff and Cairo. I mean, Ruff and I had so many classic battles against each other. Yeah. Jimmy and I have had wrestled each other dozens and dozens of times. Yes, I, I don't know if you noticed on the uh, YouTube page and the fa- Facebook page, I put up a match with uh, I didn't see you, that. you and Jimmy from 2007. Yeah, I haven't seen that forever and ever and ever. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. With well, somebody made, some, somebody made mention, actually yes. commented like, what? Wait, Scott Spade with hair? Yeah. <laughs> I told him, I don't yeah, think I would have talked to There's a picture right there, actually, yeah. with you with hair. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think him and I would have this relationship if I met him with hair. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I don't think he'd be the same person. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we're gonna uh, wrap that up, and we're gonna go into who went over in wrestling history. So we got um, actually on this day in 1990, uh, we have Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. Versus Iron Mike Sharp and uh, Spike Jones. Well, that's a TV taping, so the Rockers will go over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Is that a throw to Shawn Michaels one in there? Yeah, of course. You know how much you love him. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to go. So. Well, speaking on this date, the shirt I got on, too, is one of my all-time heroes. That Brody. has a massive influence on me. It's uh July 17th, and that's the 35th anniversary. I've seen that. Oh, that's it, yes. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick, uh, what do you think Brody would think of the wrestling scene today? Oh, He'd want to beat up everybody. <laughs> he, I mean, he had such an impact on the business that if he was still alive, I believe the business would be 
different. We've had this discussion That's how too. much I think of an influence and as just a legendary figure in his personality was that the actual business would be different if he I, was alive. I can see One that. person. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. All right. Huh? All right. So back at it. All right. WCW Bash at the Beach. You probably already know now. What year? 94. Okay. Hogan versus Flair. Who went over? Oh, it's got to be Hogan. Yeah. It's Hogan. Okay. Yeah. Two for two. Two for two. Oh, right. that, that's when Hogan, that was Hogan's first match and he won the belt. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, now we're going to go to your favorite wrestler here. No <laughs> does it start with a U? It sure does. Uh, you, should uh, you should know. Ultimate Warrior versus Triple H. March 31st, 1996. WrestleMania. There was like two minutes. He jobbed out Triple H. It was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> was now tell us how you really feel on <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Do not get him started. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Worst wrestler to oh, ever put up. Now you know what I think. <laughs> worst. I think Brody would have actually beat up. Oh, <laughs> Lex Luger is better than the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> and Brody walked out on a match on him. <laughs> Goldberg, the only wrestler that's worse than Goldberg is Ultimate Warrior. Mm. Wow. <laughs> he he only had two legitimate good matches in his entire career. WrestleMania 6 against Hulk was a phenomenal match. That's when he won both uh, where you had yeah, the both titles. Yeah. Yeah. And then WrestleMania 7 when he won against Macho Man in the career match. Well, Macho carried that match. Hogan carried the other one. <laughs> That's the only two good matches he's ever had. Ever. Well, on that note, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, if you guys want to put out uh, your social media where, where fans can find you at the next shows... You know, yeah, give yourself a little pub here. Yeah, I got uh, Facebook, Ace Scott Spade, and then uh, Instagram, same thing. I just have mm-hmm. Facebook for Mistress Misery and Instagram, I think, for Mistress Misery. You get the brand new Mistress Misery t-shirts yes. out for the first time. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Cool oh, design. getting one after today's show. Yeah, we got a Mr. Professional shirt, the original Scott Spade yeah. shirt, Noise Booze and Tattoo shirt. Yeah. So. Yeah, don't uh, drop that. If there shows no, next two shows are SCW mm-hmm. and Chavance and then uh, WAW and Tilly Park, and then we'll have all yeah. of our stuff there. Yeah. Or send me a private message. I'll ship it out to you if you want or whatever. Try Sign it. anything or whatever. So. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we got to give a special thanks to our sponsors, uh, Power Entertainment's favorite attorney at law, Chris Hoff. 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 No? Who? No? All right. Cool. All right. Uh, uh, Lamplighter and Tavern and Grill in Palatine uh, for delicious pizza today. You know, go there Thursdays, 9 o'clock karaoke, discounted pizza. Get the whole jazz on on that Lamplighter's. Um, And Fonzie and the Dago Tees for letting us use uh, the song King of the Hill for our theme song for Hillbilly Records. So, yeah, special uh, thanks. thanks to all your li- our listeners here. And, uh, you know, give us a follow, a like. Uh, Comment, leave comments. Share. You know, ask you know, questions. Us, whatever. Uh, but, you know, a special <laughs> thank you to both of you for making your way out here. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Yes. Um, you know, big loss in the locker room. But we're going to see you around other places. I'll be around. No, oh, I, I won't be hard to find. Yeah. So <laughs> I look forward to coming back and 
talk. We got we just scratched the surface on talking. Yeah, we did. Oh yeah, there's so, so much more we can talk. About. There's got, a there's a couple uh, special episodes that I've yeah. got rattling around in my head here that uh, I think that would bring a lot of humor and oh, yeah. light to a lot of different things. There's so many stories so I could talk about. I forgot more than I can remember. So <laughs> once we start talking about stuff, then it's going to click and no, stuff is going to come out. That so, it does. Oh, yeah. There's so much more we can talk there about. There it is. Again, thank you very much, uh, fans. Be sure to catch these uh, two wherever you can. You definitely will not be uh, disappointed. So until next week, fans, we will talk to you next time. Yeah.